0: You are listening to Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs. My name is Hartley Wright, and you are about to hear part two of our episode entitled Turning the Economy Around. This episode begins just as we are beginning a conversation about our F-Bomb segments, and then it covers our faith and finances. So it's really truly an episode. Just happened to be the second part of a very long conversation that took place because we had been out of the studio for a while and we took an unexpected hiatus, one in which we thought would just be a couple of weeks off for the holiday break at the end of 2023, and we'd be back in the studio in January and we'd be picking up our cadence of episodes in the middle of the month. And so we got back into the studio for this conversation. Then we had a little bit of live circumstances happen that kept us from getting this published and kept us out of the studio a little longer for the episodes that are upcoming. So we're picking up in part two. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. And I really, really hope you enjoy part two. We pick it up as we talk about F-bombs. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-bombs podcast. Manage your money, Bind your soul
1: and cover your ears. I'm sure we've talked about this. I can't remember if it made the cut or not. But in March, we get roll carts.
0: Yes, we have not talked about
1: it. I totally forgot about this. Yeah, it's coming up, man. I'm so excited. Associated with our trash pickup, sore spot for me about recycling.
0: That is my other F-bomb I was going to present today. Cool.
1: So keep on going. The current proposal is they keep our rates the same, but we have no recycling right now. This irritates me as a consumer. You're going to keep my price the same, but you're lower in the amount of service. Really? There is a proposal. I don't know if you saw this in some of the literature that they released in their statements. They believe they will re-institute the recycling, but twice a month instead of every week. I can live with that if they end up doing it. In the meantime, since they canceled it, I still recycle and I take my stuff to the recycle bins. Right. I had tried to make a habit of doing that when I had tea times on Saturday and I played at Lake of the Woods because I had to drive by Veterans United Where that one is closest to me, and I would go dump it off on my way to Lake of the Woods. I haven't played golf for over a month, still collecting recycling. So I've been going usually on a weekend. A lot of people do it on the weekends. A lot of people. Yesterday, because my class started, and it's an afternoon class this semester. I said, hey, Courtney, I'm going to pack up those bottles and, uh, you know, our blue bags and break down the cardboard. And I'm going to drive it on my way right. out east to go to Fulton. So I'm stopping by the commercial recycle bins at 2:15 ish I assumed I wouldn't be the only one there. And sometimes you can't get in to back up because it's so yeah. crowded.
0: Let's just say that no two people back up the same, and some people have no Correct. idea what they're doing when they go in there. They just create so many problems. Yes.
1: Go ahead. So I... <laughs> Make the turn, I look, there's already four SUV type vehicles already in there, but I can fit, so I get all the way over the right. I pull in forward because I'm that's just how I do it. You should know my personality style is at the house, I've broken down every single box that I own. My bags are tied. So all I gotta do is pop open the back. Doop, doop. I always walk to the very back because I know that most people are lazy and they throw they it throw in the, it front, from the
0: front. I do the
1: same. And there's room in the back. So I immediately go to the back because you pull up, you can see them overflowing. Right. Over the I'm like, oh, there's okay, always oh, yeah. room in the back. You can put them in the bottom of the back. Yep, pretty much. I have been there on a Saturday when there was no room anywhere in any of the bins and people are stacking it on the concrete. I'm like, oh, good God. But, yeah. uh, but usually you can find a room in the back. So I, I do my, my two blue bags, boom, they're done. I go get my cardboard guy in a Range Rover pulls up next to me. He does the thing that annoys me more than anything else. He grabs his cardboard boxes. None of them are broken down, and he throws them at the front. And I just want to shake him and go, we live in a society (laughs) where this is not appropriate behavior. Break those boxes down, you lazy son of a-
0: there's there's a lot of people who don't know about breaking down boxes
1: though. How can they not know? I have no how idea. Can, how can you be his age? I have no Have enough money which was would, would assume that you maybe have some education and you're have some kind of professional. I'm making all kinds of broad assumptions here about the guy. But you would have some type of intellect level that would say to you my God, those bins are always yeah. full when I get there. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that no one breaks their box down.
0: There's a lot of people who just do not know that. My family didn't know it. I had to teach them. Get it, out. Is it a safe assumption that you first learned to break down boxes when you worked in a restaurant as a teenager? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you and that would be true for me.
1: All right, listener, if you're having your meal right now, you might want to pause this and come back later. Because the story I'm going to tell you is not suitable for eating during the story. As a manager at Burger King, and you know how this goes when you got big boxes of french fries and burgers or whatever else. They're pretty big boxes. Well, you get a lot of them. You got to break them down. Because at that time, there wasn't a recycling It all went into the same trash right. dump. Recycling didn't exist in America at that yeah. time. So, well, if it did, it didn't. In, we were all not, polluting. Not in mid Missouri. We were all the, polluting. The Indian was crying every time he was. To doing the the Indian was crying when you went to the movies. That's right. And, you, so, and if you ate your fast food on the highway, when you got done, you just rolled down your right. window, threw the <laughs> bag out. It out. Yeah. All right. So I had to I had to teach this lesson to some kids uh, that I was managing in the late eighties, early nineties, because all our stuff was in the dumpster and it got picked up. Might have been twice a week. I don't think it was more frequently than that. So we had busy weeks coming up. We had lots of stuff we were throwing out. There was no room in the dumpster. Do you remember when fast food restaurants started having bounce houses?
0: Yeah, like inside, like for their play or, or their outside play place. Yeah, yeah.
1: Either way. We had an exterior bounce house at Burger King wow. that we would have to blow up and then take down every day. Right. It's a hot summer day. It's probably Show Me State Games weekend. So we're talking July. Garbage doesn't ever smell good in July in Missouri. But in Arkansas, it smells just fine. It probably smells normal. So, all I'm saying is, we've got a dumpster that is jam packed, and we have a lot of garbage we still need to put out there, including all of our cardboard boxes that are broken down because that's the way we run our tight ship. So, I got to convince this kid who works for me to climb into that dumpster, (laughs) stand on cardboard boxes, and and start pressing down? Because otherwise, we're not going to be able to get everything in there.
0: Yeah. So, that was. I'm going to tell you, that's been done other places. Oh, I'm sure. Because we did it.
1: So I had to convince him that was the employee bounce house. Is that good management or yeah, what? Well, <laughs> so here we are, 100-degree weather, weekend in July, and we're out there jumping on top of garbage so we can squeeze all our stuff in. So when I see a guy pulling up in his Range Rover, doesn't break his boxes down, it triggers me to go, are you an idiot? Yeah. What do you not get about this? So that probably is an F-bomb for me. I think
0: that <laughs> is an F-bomb.
1: It really makes my heart
0: rest <clears throat> My F-bomb about this is some of the similar things, like, the fact that our city can't keep up yeah with keeping those cuz this issue wouldn't be an issue if they couldn't keep up but what i've learned is if cardboard that we redistribute and paper mm-hmm. if it's not absolutely crisp and clean i don't think it gets processed
1: it doesn't, get it doesn't get recycled
0: doesn't get recycled so that's one issue, but the other thing—any
1: plastic that has food residue, they won't recycle either.
0: Yeah, and so so this was already an issue for me because recycling and and being green and taking care of the earth—that's a huge value for me. I don't ever really talk about it, but it's a it's a high value for me, and it can it can ignite me pretty quick yeah. when people are irresponsible. And I'm starting to get ignited because I'm beginning to wonder if our city is recycling at all. What is my understanding is. America has to send part of their recycling, is it plastics and glass or whatever, to like China?
1: Uh, it definitely goes overseas.
0: It goes overseas. It. But what I have learned recently, and I didn't believe it, so I checked it out with another source, yeah. is that they are no
1: longer taking it. The people who process are not the, taking
0: it. The, the overseas party yeah. is not receiving it from us anymore. So here locally, I just I, I'm starting to wonder, are we recycling at all? And that- Or does that it just look me. like it? Yeah. Are they going through the motions? Yeah. So basically, are, they, are the trucks that come and take the recycling bins? Because we, we did have curbside. Kevin yeah. mentioned weekly. that- Weekly. That has gone away weekly. So more people are taking it. So that's why these bins are filling up. Correct. But what I'm thinking is the, the trucks are
1: taking them, clearing the bins, and it's
0: just going to the landfill. That's it's, what I wonder. It's wondered.
1: certainly possible. Let me give you some data. I got this on my notes for an upcoming blog post I was going to do but it fits in really well here. This was from an article from the Columbia, Missourian, November 10th, 2022. So this was what I called the unintended consequences of the city pay-as-you-throw program. This was data they had 10 to 15% prior to the current planned contamination rate. Oh, I know what this was. It's had to do with COVID. Prior to the 21 data, we were having 10 to 15% contamination rate in our recycling. citywide. Wow. During COVID, it peaked at 40%. And by November of 22, it had gone back down to 33%. So we were still at 33% contamination rate. So when those consultants came in and evaluated our program, they essentially said, what you're doing ain't going to work. So they're going to have to retool this whole thing. The whole, all the recycling? The the whole thing. And one of the recommendations the consultants made was that you've got to scrap all these little tiny spots you have it has to be a gigantic spot. Yeah, I get that. Because the economies of scale aren't there if you're having to go to eight different spots. Right. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what they, the decisions they make. I am 100% convinced that you are right, at least to the degree that as much as a third of whatever we recycle gets thrown in the landfill because it's contaminated. Yeah. But I am, I am very curious if under the current scenario, if 100% of it
0: and that's what I'm is thinking. going... To the landfill. That's what I'm thinking. It's an F-bomb to me because I'm thinking 100% of it is going to the yeah, landfill. Certainly possible. Yeah, and I'm thinking it is. All right, we need to get a crack reporter to- I know Frankie, he works for the city and he does. He collects. So All I'm right. just going to say, tell me the truth. When you pick up at those recycling stations, where are you taking it? <laughs> where are you
1: end up? <laughs> I'm going to lowjack you to make sure.
0: We'll be right back. Listener, it's been a while since I've done this, but I thought I'd take a moment to endorse my wife's podcast. Her podcast is called Enneagram You with Damon and Kelly. In this podcast, they explore the mysteries of human personality and help you learn more about you. Whether you are a skeptic or an enthusiast, they will take you on a journey of self-discovery. And they also customize their episodes when there are certain types of the year where it's applicable. Like Valentine's Day, for instance. We just had Valentine's Day. They had an episode called An Enneagram Guide to Valentine's Day. Again, that's Enneagram you. You can find their podcast on VUFaith.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and maybe, I'm not sure because it's not mine, wherever you listen on your favorite streaming platform. I encourage you to hop over there, take a listen, come back. Don't stick around over there. We really need you here and we appreciate you more than David and Kelly ever will. <laughs> and now back to our show. So it's gonna be warmer next week, and then the next week, whatever the temperature is, I don't care what it'll be because I'll be back in Jamaica. I'll be ah, returning there to Jamaica. You go. Hopefully, I will not have any other incidences like I did <laughs> I last year. I know. They make year. good stories. They do make good stories. If you'd like to hear that story that I'm uh, casually referring to, you want to check out our episode called Awkward Explosions and the Loud Shirt. <laughs> well, I want to move into the face segment. My brother made a statement once that I thought was a pretty, pretty profound statement. Money causes a problem for everybody. He says, if you have a lot of money, it creates problems. If you don't have money, it creates problems. We have yet to address money from a biblically-based faith perspective on this podcast, so I'm going to do it today. I think it's a great start to 2024. Yeah, thank you. Most of Jesus' teachings are what we call non-dual. I and my Father are one, from John 10. Abide in me and I in you, that's John 15. In Matthew 13, he says, let the weeds and the wheat grow together. From Matthew 5, he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on the just and on the unjust. But there's one area where Jesus is absolutely dualistic. Either or is probably the way you would easily frame it or say it. That area is anything having to do with the poor and anything having to do with money. There are two economies, two worldviews. Once you understand the gospel, you move from one economy to the other. If we observe our general political economic patterns, it's clear most Christians have not made the change. So the first economy is one we call capitalism. It's not wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with capitalism. It does many good things, but it's based on a quid pro quo. It's kind of reward punishment. You have good behavior. You provide a good service, you give me a good product, then you'll be rewarded as much. The opposite of that is if you sin, uh, if you have a fault, if you do evil, then there's gonna be much punishment. Now that makes sense because it's what we all grew up with, right? Yep. So it makes sense to us, it's logical, it seems fair. The only trouble is Jesus doesn't believe this. So we need to oppose this merit-punishment-reward economy, which is easy for us to buy into as Americans, We need to oppose it with what Jesus presents, what I will call a gift economy, where there is no equation between what you get and how much you give. So we need to step out of this world where I give this and I get this. So I'm thinking of two passages in the Gospel of Luke. One comes from Luke 14, verses 7 through 14. This is there's a dinner that's happening. Jesus notices where people are sitting, how they take these prominent places. And he's saying, don't take the prominent places. One of the things that Jesus said in this passage is that when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the disabled, the lame, the needy, the homeless, I don't know anybody who lives this way. Very convicting for me. We don't like this. It kind of imposes on our rights because we've worked hard, we've developed savings account. We, We have all of this and others haven't paid their dues. But to live a life in relationship with God, I must let go of controlling my life and surrender to his guidance and direction. So I prefer, just keeping it real here, I prefer, I default, dare I say I love the quid pro quo system because it is a way for me to steer my life, right? Mm -hmm. It puts me back in control again, not surrender, but control And I can and you can weaponize it very easily. And in fact, it most often is because we have this feeling like we deserve it. But the fact is that you and I don't deserve anything, anything, everything is a gift. But until we begin to live in the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of this world, we think like most Christians do, exactly like the world. We're all affected by it. And we're all very impressed by celebrities and rich people and people who drive big cars and people who wear fancy clothes, but none of this stuff seemed to matter to Jesus. He looks at it on a different level, the level of the human heart and the human soul. And you would probably agree with this, that maybe there's a lot of people that you work with that you think they're just seeing money as a short, as a way to solve a short-term problem. I'll just
1: say yes <laughs> without going into any details.
0: It solves our short-term problem. And so because of that, all of us are eagerly hiding it, collecting it, multiplying it, saving it it's a big part of our podcast we talk about it because of that And after a while, we're preoccupied with it because it does serve, it serves our short term. What I would say to all of us is that what God tells us is that a long-term answer is to seek relationship over money. And the only way you can turn your mind and attitude around on this and be able to understand it is if you have lived under the experience of being given to without earning. So this is called forgiveness. It's called unconditional love. It's called mercy. And if you've never experienced unearned, undeserved love, you will stay in the capitalistic worldview. Two plus plus two equals four I put in my two I get two back we do this we count we measure we weigh it's very difficult to get rid of that addiction You know, what can she give me? What can I get out of him? Some people do this more than others, but it's a part of all of us. Sure. You know, for us to enter the kingdom of God, we have to stop counting. We have to stop weighing. We have to stop measuring. We have to stop this whole idea of deserving. And you have to just let the flow of forgiveness and love flow through you. I get that's a high level of conversion. And maybe that's way above the level that we talk about because I say, let's just make space for God on this podcast. So I'm talking this at a much higher level and I know it's, I admit it's a very high conversion and I don't think we start there but we learn it from the way that God loves us and maybe that's the way we start to turn around the economy. How we focus on it here. Let's make space for God so that he can help us with that. Also from Luke 16 where Jesus talks about the shrewd manager and he creates this clear dualism between God and the wealth of money and superficiality and success. That's what he's referring to. He says, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God. And you can't serve money, so he's saying you've got to make a choice. You can't do that until you've experienced infinite love. So if God is infinite in mercy, infinite in forgiveness, how do we whittle that down? So I have to ask, what's half of infinity?
1: From a mathematical perspective, it's still infinity.
0: What's one-eighth of infinity? Infinity. One-tenth of infinity. All of it's infinity. All of it's infinity. I invite you, I invite me, I invite all of us to change our worldview from the economy of merit and deserve and counting and weighing and deserving, it's all a gift. Let me close with this. When we remain inside the quid pro, quo pro universe, that's the one that we prefer, two plus two equals four. And when we change that equation, it's only a non-dual mystical God-touched person who can be comfortable with it. So I believe God in the person of Jesus told the parable of the vineyard in Matthew tw- 20. There's a man who has, he's got a vineyard and he hires someone to work the vineyard. He hires one or maybe two people at eight in the morning. Then he hires another one around noon. He hires another one like at three in the afternoon. Then at five o'clock, he comes back. He pays everybody the same. And the people who started, have worked there all the day. They're really pissed off yes, they are. about that. I think Jesus, God and the person of Jesus tells, tells us that parable precisely to undo the quid pro quo worldview. Jesus is saying that that means nothing to God. You know, God says to us, "We're you're going to get my grace whether you like it or not. And that can be very frustrating, because you and I are only on the receiving end, on the vulnerable end, and it's a tough thing to wrestle through. And the truth, but the truth is, without vulnerability, you can't get the gospel. You just you can't. Shiver me timbers! Time for a brief interruption. Hi, listener. This is Hartley, and I want to tell you about my new podcast. I'm debuting in two months. It's called Side of Fries, and it will be an ongoing discussion about French fries. French fries? Uh, really? No. Well, we might talk about French fries because we will be discussing food on Side of Fries. F-R-I-E-S. We will talk food trucks, restaurants. We will interview restaurateurs, chefs, cooks, foodies, the experience of eating in the establishment. Oh, my. That E took on some alliteration, and it's getting so thick, it's spilling over into the S and multiplying it as well to include snacks sweets, but S really represents smorgasbord, not in terms of an appetizer buffet per se, but also the entire spread of food critique and recommendations my co-host Jud LaFrance and I will lay out on the table for you. Judd and I will discuss food in Columbia, Missouri and the surrounding region, as well as southern Iowa. We can't ignore our cashew chicken fans of Springfield. We're going to talk about KC Food, St. Louis, and beyond. The best part is you will get a say and the content we provide this podcast is called side of fries and you can look for our preview episodes in april 2024 on your favorite streaming platform and we're back
1: finances yeah there's not a lot to talk about at this point as we disclosed earlier we have our first record close on the s&p 500 hallelujah now we can go. We need, 17, we need 17
0: more. I want 17
1: You want 17 more? All right. Well, yeah. well it's going to be uh, three weeks in. So about every three weeks will work for you.
0: Okay. I can, I can 15, live with that. Two weeks
1: in a year. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You're on pace. All right. You're on pace. I'm a pace setter. Winner. That's what I am, the you pace are. setter. Economy, not the economy you just spoke of, but the U.S. economy as we define it in our labor statistics still looks good. Inflation is not where the targets have been declared by the... Federal Reserve. Do you remember last year when I said, hey, Wall Street, pump the brakes? Yes. Pause twice. They're like, we're going to have six rate cuts next year. And I said, no, no, stop it. That's just ridiculous. And I complimented Chairman Powell and the rest of his gang. And I said, they have clearly said they're going to wait for the data. There was a Federal Reserve president. I want to say it was Bullard, but I might have the wrong guy. He released a statement yesterday. He said, I think we're going to see our first rate cut sometime in the July-September cycle. So for all you that got way ahead of yourself, stop doing that. Just pause, wait, let the data dictate the action. And this guy, pretty much that's what he said. Look, this is where we're at. We might even have another rate hike between now and then. How would that be for a big shift? That would six, be a big six rate trend. cuts yeah. coming up. But that's just the way Wall Street is. They get, they get excited. They get too high when things are going well and too low when things are going bad. So try to stay level-headed. If you're an investor out there, if you're doing it on your own, uh, try to not read any of the financial pornography that's out there. And it's almost all financial pornography. So that's where we're at with rate decisions by the Federal Reserve. I still am in the same camp of I'm perfectly fine with their board waiting for data before they make decisions. I don't don't need to know. Right. Let's let the data decide. Yeah. I'm good with that. Unemployment looks good first time jobless claims are down housing starts last year were at an eight year low but mortgage mortgage rates are coming down so those are all positive trends we've got some geopolitical crap that's still headwinds for the market because we've talked about Ukraine and Russia we've talked about Hamas and Israel now we've got the red sea deal with the houthis that's who we've been bombing lately that's messing up stuff the us is setting records for the amount of Oil we're producing, we're producing record oil with less rigs than ever before. You know we're a net exporter, right? Yeah, we've been that way right. for a few years now. I mean, I don't know what kind of news sources you listen to, but if if your news sources telling you the economy's in the shitter, you need to change news sources.
0: I I exclusively allow Mad Magazine to be my one source, one and only source. <laughs>
1: you're probably of not news information. All right, perfect. You're, you're and that is not you're, fake news. You are more educated than some others. I'll just say that.
0: Well, you know what the music means. It indicates the end of an episode. And this was a special episode because it's one in a series that's being dropped and published, uh, a few multiple ones this entire week. So if you are a subscriber to this podcast, you received a notification when this was published. And I'm guessing you got to around to listening just as soon as you possibly could. So we thank you for that. And we want you to know that because of our long hiatus we are dropping another episode tomorrow so you want to look for that notification to hit and if you don't receive notifications there's a chance that is probably true because you don't subscribe so if you listen to this show and you like this show then subscribe to us give us a review on your favorite podcast platform we hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to the next thank you very much and enjoy your day